0: Alright, sh- do you want me to do the intro? Sure <clears throat> Do you want a five, six, seven, eight, or are you good?
1: Of <laughs> <The> course <Good. laughs> Sorry You're a little hee hee in there Five, six, seven, eight. <laughs>
0: Hello, and welcome to the Trials and Error Podcast. We are three friends trying different wellness challenges to improve our lives and other stuff. I'm Melanie. I'm Shauna. And I'm Brianna. And this week we read three different self-help books and we are going to talk about them and talk about the experience of actually reading a self-help book because the three of us don't really this isn't really our genre of choice I would say um
1: actually I have like a million self-help books I just don't ever finish them (laughs) I get in really excited modes and I'm like I'm gonna improve my life and then I order them and then I read like a Third, and then I
0: usually end up giving up. Yep, yep, yep. Because maybe it's not our genre of choice.
1: <laughs> I mean, I'm choosing it, it's just not choosing me back.
2: <laughs> oh, okay. I see, I see. I'm um, choosing it, but I'm not committing to it. <laughs> I'm just flirting yes. with I, it, <laughs> I'm not trying to cuff it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <No>. <laughs> Sorry, <okay. laughs>
0: anyways okay so yeah we're gonna each talk about our book that we read whether we recommend it or not and then the actual like if we recommend reading self-help books how you guys feel about it so who wants to go first okay so i read the gift
1: Gifts of Imperfection and it's a Brene Brown book and I think she's made a bunch of different books and I feel like overall everything that I hear about her is really positive and I watched a Netflix uh, show with her speaking in it and I thought it was good. Um, Overall I like enjoyed the book and I think when I was reading it it motivated me to improve certain things so I guess overall like the point of the book is living a what she calls a wholehearted life so essentially a life that is authentic and uh, vulnerable i guess and i think those are two things that maybe not the authentic on oh my god authenticity part <laughs> but the vulnerable vulnerable part i think is hard for me um And in that, she talks about being a perfectionist and how that can actually hold you back from a lot of things, Um, finding resiliency, uh, being self-compassionate and giving yourself a lot of grace and that sort of thing. Overall, I really liked the idea of the book, and I think she did give some steps that were helpful and ways of thinking about things that were helpful and could help you sort of like shift your mindset um I think my biggest thing with self-help books so is that I am a person that wants like clear-cut steps like tell me what I need to do and I feel like this one this book in particular and I think a lot of other self-help books too just are sort of like vague ideas or like the author kind of telling their own story so you understand but they don't ultimately turn into something that is like a step-by-step to-do list or like a concrete list of ideas of things you can change specifically in your life and maybe that's part of it is like you have to figure out what that is on your own but I think that's what I would say is missing
0: from this. Yeah, I feel that way about a lot of self-help books, like, so they're, like, sometimes they're just, like, this is what I did, and just do it, and it's, like, okay, well, that's not my life, or that's not, like, but how did you, how did you do it? No, I agree.
1: Yeah, overall, um, though, like, I
0: like the ideas of the book, like, I like the idea of
1: um, being more authentic, and she talks a lot about how if you like everybody wants to belong and feel like they're part of something and people change themselves to get that sense of belonging but you're never ultimately going to be happy with it if you're not being yourself because they people wouldn't ultimately be accepting you the way you are they're accepting this kind of facade that you're putting forward um so i think that's something interesting to think about and the fact that Being a perfectionist, like you don't give yourself any room for error, and in that you end up not trying a lot of things or um, kind of shaming yourself into doing things, which probably isn't ultimately going to make you happy. And I tend to be a perfectionist about things, so I think it was a lot of stuff that was helpful for me to read. Um, But my other thing about it was that, or a lot of other self help books, and I don't know if you guys saw this in yours or not, but a lot of them talk about God or like religion, and this book didn't do that too too much. Um, I think she did a good job of kind of like balancing like her beliefs and kind of throwing it in there, um, but it was kind of a big part of it. Like she, it was sort of like the um, twelve steps program where you like have to accept some sort of higher power. At least that's my understanding of it, and. That was kind of like part of how you live a wholehearted life is believing that there's something connecting all of us and that there's something greater than us, which I think I do ultimately believe, but I'm just like not a very religious person and not always super spiritual. So I think a lot of the times when I read the, read that in these books, it's kind of, I don't want to say frustrating,
0: but. Yeah, it's kind just... of like you can't, that only the kind of people that achieve like success or whatever your book is about is because they have faith or a like a strong spiritual feeling yeah
1: yeah and I don't know I don't know I feel like I just don't believe that that's the case that everybody who's fulfilled and successful and living quote-unquote wholeheartedly has some sort of religion or spiritual belief I think I just think they make it a necessity when it might not
0: necessarily have to be. I wonder if, because, like, obviously all the people that write self-help books or people that go on, like, kind of, like, journeys or they have, like, big self-discoveries and stuff, which is why they end up writing a book about it, I wonder if, like, when you, when you are that deep into something or you're that, because it kind of, like, takes over their life, if that forces you to, like question your faith more or like think about religion or faith or spirituality and stuff like that because the yeah, same I'm thing sure happened in my it. book as well <laughs>
2: yeah. what book did I you read think. melanie Maybe
0: i read 10 Percent happier <gasps> i have that
2: book wait did yeah. i have that book i think i have that book i haven't read it though yes are you done talking about your book Sean?
1: Um, yeah, I mean, unless, I don't know, I guess I didn't know how deep to go into it. Would you
0: recommend it to people? How many stars do you give it?
1: Out of five, I would give it three and a half stars. Like, it's a quick read, and I think it has some helpful things that, like, you should keep at the top of your mind, and it's a nice reminder to be yourself and kind of stand up for yourself and also give yourself grace and work on self-love and to make sure you're not focusing your whole life and identity around work I guess unless you love it but um, it's about how it, it's important to like laugh and play and have connection with people and I think maybe especially right now it felt helpful. <laughs> or I don't know helpful is the right word but like a reminder of like oh all these things are really important to me and I'm excited to get back to them and think about how I can incorporate them more in my life um so but as far as like if you read this book it's gonna change your whole life I don't know if I'm willing to go that far you know yeah like is it worth the read it's short enough yes you'll get something out of it most likely but is it the self-help book that you need to turn your life around? I don't think so. Um, but it also could be that I think about these things a lot. Like obviously on our podcast, we've talked about meditation and um, gratitude and affirmation. Well, I don't know if we've talked about affirmations that much, but I know it's something that I generally do anyways. Um, so it part of it might've just been that it wasn't like anything groundbreaking for me. But I guess if you're not really thinking about these things at all otherwise, maybe it is life-changing for you, so it's hard to say exactly, but my score for it would be a three and a half out of five.
0: Yeah, I think every self-help book anyway is going to affect everyone differently, and everyone is in a different part of their life is going to feel a different way about it anyway, so.
2: Yeah, I think it just depends on, like, also, like, why why are you reading a self-help book, and are you, like, what information are you ready to receive you know like are you I yeah. don't know I'll get more into like that and stuff when I go over my book and stuff I um,
1: think it's a good point though Brie yeah. like what are you ready to receive because I think you could read the same book at different points in
0: your life and get different things out of it so yeah, yeah. definitely alright I'll go next I read the book 10% Happier um how I Tamed the Voice in My Head, Reduced Stress Without Losing My Edge, and Found Self-Help That Actually Works by Dan Harris. Uh, Dan Harris is the anchor for ABC News. Um, he was really... He was on TV a lot around, like, the 2000s. Like, 9-11 was, like, his big breaking moment he talks about that in the book for his career so that's kind of like the time that he was really big but he's still on abc news um so this book is about meditation my favorite topic in the whole world um so pretty much it talks about his journey to meditation and how he recommends you start or how just kind of like taking parts from his journey to try to help others and so um, when he was in about 2000 to 2000s he was um, really like deep into his career he wasn't very like he wasn't an anchor yet or anything he was just a newscaster and he was it's very stressful and it was very like competitive um, and he had turned to self-medicating to keep his stress levels at the right level and to to stay. He, like, always felt like he had to, like, not never sleep because the news never sleeps. And he was just, like, in a really bad place. And he ended up having a panic attack on the air. Um, oh, wow. That would be and, terrible. <laughs> yeah. So he had a panic attack on the air, and that was, like, his wake-up call that if something was wrong. And so... Um, he started exploring different ways to reduce his stress that were not medicating because he went to the doctor and of course the doctor was like, well, you're taking way too much medication and it's not helping you anymore. Um, and so he started exploring his spirituality and his faith and um, he didn't actually, was, he wasn't an atheist, but he, he didn't have a faith. He didn't believe in a higher power. He doesn't believe in religion. And so that was really, like, hard for him to do was to explore that. Um, But he stumbled across Buddhism and really liked a lot of the ideas in Buddhism. And I relate a lot to this because I've always been super interested in Buddhism, especially in college. I had to take a—I didn't have to. I did take a, like, Religions of the World class. And Buddhism just seemed so interesting to me because it's not built on, like, some old white guy writing a Bible and everyone just believing everything they say. And it's not... It's actually built on, like, like this is how you should live your life, and you should live your life to be good, and you should have compassion, and you should, you know, live in the moment. And I just really like a lot of those things that Buddhism teaches. And that's how Dan Harris felt as well. And so the one thing that he really started to explore within buddhism is meditation because meditation is a very very big part of buddhism and um he was exploring different kinds of meditation and then he started decided to just one day start trying meditating and he hated it like absolutely despised it which i know is a lot of what happens when people start meditating um you know because he just had all these thoughts and he couldn't sit still and he didn't feel any benefits from it and all this stuff but he told himself that he was going to keep meditating every day for 30 days for five minutes every day. And so he did that and he started to, he did start to feel different. Like he couldn't describe how, how he felt different, but he did feel different and he did feel less stressed. And so he kind of, because he was a news reporter in ABC News and he had a lot of connections, he started exploring different um, famous people that either had written books or were known in the meditation world um, as being like gurus or teachers, and so he started interviewing a lot of those people just to learn more about meditation himself. But he had actually started like a because um, he was a weekend anchor at this point, and so he had like more like fluff pieces to make, and so he started like a I don't know what it's called in the news world a series um, kind of about like spirituality and. A lot of it was including people that practice meditation, um, and so then he decided to go on a ten day meditation retreat, which sounds absolutely terrible. Extreme. Which he, yeah, and he also thought it's like absolutely a terrible. Um, it's literally like six hours of meditating every single day. Oh my gosh, this that always
1: of, reminds. That always makes me think of eat pray love.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. This coming from, like, someone who meditates, like, 10 to 20 minutes every day. Like, I can't even imagine doing more than that. And so, yeah, he went on this meditation retreat, and it was 10 days. And, like, by day five, he was like, I'm quitting this. This is awful. I don't feel anything. And then he met. He went and met with, like, the lead of the retreat, and the guy was like, you're trying too hard. You're trying too hard to make this work for you, and you, it needs to... Meditation isn't something that's going to work for you. It's something that you, over time, will just find it's working for you. It's not something you can, like, force. And then the next couple days, he started experiencing, like, um, enlightenment, he felt like, about meditation and about his life, just because he stopped trying so hard. And so after that retreat, he went back and he started meditating 30 minutes a day, which... I've meditated for two years now and I have only meditated for 30 minutes like twice in my life. It's a long time to meditate but he was doing 30 minutes a day um, and he felt his stress just go all the way down and he was just feeling so good about life. Um, But then he started realizing that he wasn't getting any like good pieces or like news um, to cover. Like his boss wasn't giving him good jobs, I don't know what they're called in the news world, I don't know news terminology, but, um, um, like, he didn't get invited to the 10-year 9-11, um, show or whatever, and that had been, like, one of his biggest things he reported on in his life, and so he, like, talked to his boss about it, and his boss was like, you're not, you're not doing enough anymore, you're not, like, pushing yourself hard enough, I don't feel like you want this anymore. And so he realized that, like, at, while being mindful and being zen or whatever, he at the same time, he still needs to have, like, determination and goals and he still needs to put himself out there. It's just the way he handles the stress through the mindfulness and through the meditation is going to be different. And so he kind of had to found, find this balance um, because he couldn't be, like, this zenned-out yogi. That's what he called himself all the time in the book, like this Zen out yogi all the time especially in the world that he works in. And so it just talks about his journey and um, different kinds of meditations he tried, which was really interesting. Um, And it was, I don't know, I just really enjoyed it. I think this book would be great for anybody that hasn't started meditating or someone who is in a meditation journey and they want, like, they're maybe not, because, like, I've been meditating for two years and I feel like sometimes I get in these ruts where I'm like, is this really still helping me? Like, do I still like doing this? Um, but after reading this book, I'm like, I want to start meditating longer. I need to... Do I want to go on a meditation retreat? I don't know. Um, if you go on one, Melanie, I might go with you.
1: Six hours? Okay, maybe not like a week, though. Let's <laughs> call it like a three-day meditation
0: retreat. I just like... It sounds... It sounded so cool. Yeah, I don't know. Like, and... Just like to have, even like you said, three days of not worrying about your life and the world and not being, having your phone and just getting to like sit with yourself and like, sounds like you want another unplugged weekend (laughs) uh, with a purpose, unplugged weekend with a purpose, please. Yeah. Not just where I'm sitting at home around my, my plugs, (laughs) unplugged Um, with the plugs nearby yeah Yeah. no plugs um yeah so i really enjoyed it i really recommend it um five out of five stars for sure but i think that is because i is about a topic that i love like i meditation truly changed my life when i discovered it like two years ago and continues to help my life especially um this year i've noticed that i'm handling my stress at work so much better than i would have than i did two years ago and i honestly think it's because of meditation i think it um it just really changes the way you the way you view things and the way you react to different life events and i recommend it and also um in the back he has like different strat like different meditations you can try so that's pretty cool. Um, and he talks a lot about like the scientific research behind meditation. Like it, um, they did a study on people that were meditating consistently and they had more gray matter development in their brains over time. And oh. that's like not something that is easy to do, especially at the older you get. Usually you, you lose your gray matter. Interesting. Um, so, yeah. I recommend it, and I don't usually like self-help books, but I feel like just because this one was so up my alley is why I really liked it.
1: Yeah. Nice. highly recommend it. I you liked it. Brie, tell us how much you loved your book. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: Well, um, yeah, I don't know. Like I was saying earlier, I think that it kind of depends on the place that you're at and what you're looking for and the self-help book that you choose is like whether or not you're gonna enjoy it. I kind of I pick them up like from time to time just because people like recommend them or because I want to branch out in my book selections because I typically only read fictional books um so yeah I I picked a pretty popular one that has been recommended to me by a lot of people and it's called you are a badass how to stop doubting your greatness and start living an awesome life and it's by Jen Sincero and I will say that I this was a struggle to get through um, I almost quit after the first chapter. I made it, like, halfway through the book, and I literally couldn't finish it.
0: <laughs> Why did you want to quit?
2: What happened? Um, because I think—so I'll say this also about self-help books, is that they, they're a struggle sometimes because it, because anybody could read a book and— uh, or any, sorry, anybody could write a book— <laughs> And um, I feel like just because you can write a book doesn't mean that you should write a book. And I feel like the writing style of self-help books is more of just like someone's brain dump and the grammatical structures of just all of the... The sentence structures and like the the grammar in some of the books that I read, particularly this one, it just makes it really hard to get through because I'm like I I, I want to read something that's well written and not feel like I'm reading somebody's diary or like reading a transcript of somebody's conversation with her girlfriends. So yeah, yeah um. So I will say like, uh, I I think this is, um. I think, I don't even know where, I don't even know where to start. Um, so first of all, the the book kind of starts out and she's like, hey, I, I did every self-help thing, read every self-help book, got the coaching and the seminars and everything so that you don't have to. And so although she cites sources in the back of her book, it's basically like she just digested all of this self-help help stuff and then just barfed it onto all of her pages. <laughs> and it's just like a, really a good summary. <laughs> it's just a summary of every self-help thing that you've ever heard in your entire life. And every chapter like has some kind of structure of like number 1, do this. Number 2, do this. Like it's just kind of meant to be like here's some short like e- easy to read chapters with some steps and exercises that can help you like be a a badass apparently um and all of them end with love yourself so it's like no matter what the topic of the chapter is the last step is always to love yourself (laughs) which isn't like a bad thing but it's just like really cheesy and it got really repetitive because there's 27 chapters um but yeah, just like, chapter one wasn't that bad. Chapter one was the typical, like, uh, I too was in a crisis and I was lost and I didn't know what to do and I tried all these self-help things and now I'm here to tell you, who who's now the person who's lost, like, how to get to where I'm at, which is, like, the number one thing that I have an issue with with self-help books is that I feel like people who are, like, self-help authors or sell some type of self-help narrative or how-to or exercise or whatever or, like, try to be the one to give people answers, those are not the people who found out what their, like, quote-unquote calling is in life. It's just that they were lost until they figured out that, like, if I regurgitate all of these Things that I've heard and been taught over the last few years, then I can get people to pay me for the, just saying the same things that other people have have said to me. But oh yeah, that's, yeah,
1: and I think we've talked about that a little last episode. But same, <laughs> yeah. I feel like that's one of my frustrations with self
2: help books, also. Yeah, and it's just like there's no real like concrete like solid steps to take in here, and I'll kind of get into like how much she like contradicts herself and how just all over the place her steps are. And again, this is my very, very personal opinion of this book. If you like it, then like like whatever you want to like. If it helps you, then that's great. And if you like reading and, and this isn't speaking for all self-help books. like I'm, I'm Melanie's sounds like she really enjoyed her. So it's like obviously there are some good ones out there with like good informations. So I'm just speaking about this one in particular and my very personal opinion, how much I hate it. Um, so yeah, like that was just first chapter one was just like, I, I'm lost and now I'm found and I'm here to help you like find the way to When in reality. It's like, well, you didn't really find anything. You just found a bunch of tools to like, just reiterate to other people and helping them find what they're like actually going to do or to continue to be lost, but just have less money because they spent it on you. Um, and then the second chapter was like talking about God. And she, so she was like, you know, I went through all of this self-help stuff and then the thing that ended up helping me the most was that uh, I I found God and I got into this whole like God and spirituality crap and like turns out that's like what I needed the whole time and then she tries to like make it I guess relatable by um, giving you an actual list of like everything else that you can call it like higher power uh your gut your intuition spirit the force um but she spends the rest of the book calling it source energy so like she refuses to say god in her book even though that's to her personally what helped her and she just says source energy for the entire time which just like sounds really weird and it sounds like she's trying to like be original and so yeah probably about halfway through the book i just started kind of skipping around And, like, basically her message is is that it's, like, it's your own fault that you're not happy because you don't have the right attitude about being happy and and being successful. So, if you just change your attitude and if you change the way that you're thinking, then you'll manifest great things into your life. So, all you have to think is, like, I'm successful and I'm a badass and then it'll just happen.
0: That's, like, my biggest... Pet about <laughs> self help is when they are like, it's just the way you're thinking, it's just your attitude, and it's like, no, it could also be, I don't know, the depression, the anxiety, the all yeah. these things that people don't have control over, yeah,
1: well, yeah, or like your life circumstances. Because yeah. that's, I mean, I like the idea of the secret, like when I originally heard it, which I feel like a lot of self help books like kind of stem from, or maybe not even maybe the secret stems from something else but whatever i feel like a lot of them are similar to that idea where it's like you just have to believe it for it to come true and you're like i don't know like i that i'm sure that is true to some extent and i'm sure having a good attitude about things is important and helping people a lot of times but then you just run into these like realistic things i don't know like even in the secret documentary they were like this lady was like oh yeah I like thanked the universe for my health or like something like that and it cured my cancer I don't know and then I'm like but how are you going to tell people who are still sick from something that like you're just you're not thinking positively you're
2: not you're not grateful
1: enough for your
2: health it's the reason that you're still sick is because you're not positive enough
0: and I'm like all about manifestation and like putting the good vibes into the universe and I am a very positive person so I feel like I usually do think pretty positively but there's just like gonna be times when like you're not gonna one get what you want just because you're thinking it like I would not have my master's degree just because I was like I want my master's degree like I had to put work into it and want to have the motivation to do it like i couldn't just think like that and then do it like no there's...
1: i have my master's degree i have a Oops, master's degree <laughs>
0: yeah and like i mean yeah. that's a very like concrete that's example
2: it's literally what she says it's like just think I'm, i'll get i'll get more into it I'm
0: i mean sorry. that's like a very concrete example but like that's what i think of when people are like just just think good things and good things will happen to you and it's like well not always like Another thing is like the circumstances people are born into, like I think that mm-hmm. luckily like the three of us are, you know, we we have good jobs and we are able to support ourselves and but then there's, you know, there's like single mothers out there that are like raising four kids on one income and like what are you going to tell them like, oh,
2: just think that.
0: You're
1: making more money. You're not rich money. enough because you're not yeah. thinking positively. Just, just
2: <laughs> tell yourself that you that money will come to you and it'll come to you. Yeah, you already work two jobs, but don't worry. Like,
0: it's because of your attitude.
2: Yeah, it's because it, yeah. So this this whole book is just like you need to change your. I mean, there are like I would say the 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 biggest thing that I got that may have actually been helpful was to change your self perception and change your inner narrative. So it's like whenever you're putting yourself down is to try to find a different way of phrasing that so that it's more like positive I guess so it's like and I don't know there's like also a little section in here a bullet point where she tells you to stop the self deprecating humor and I'm like never (laughs) oh my gosh so Bria, I read the first (laughs) half
1: of that book also and then I stopped and I don't know why I don't think I didn't like it back then when I read it Um, but I remember reading that part and
2: being like how that's how I live my life (laughs) that's the reason I'm successful that's the reason I'm." I'm just kidding um so yeah there's there's just like a bunch of things that she says where she literally contradicts herself or she's like um you need to constantly be doing like something that's like just just do something do anything just like you know throw shit at the wall and see what sticks and then like in the next chapter she's like but recognize where you're at and like, but like, uh, only you know, stay, stay where, stay where you're at, and recognize where you're at, and um, do your best there. And then in the next chapter, she talks about the ego, but she renames it um, as the big snooze. And that's like another thing. Is she takes all of these like big ideas that have are have are really popular and have already been like perpetuated, like you know. When people talk about the ego and stuff like that, but she just like slaps her own like stupid name on it and like she calls it the big snooze and she's like, ah, ha, ha, like it's like my own thing now, like see how original and quirky I am? And then like literally in the next chapter or in one of these chapters, she says, don't reinvent the wheel which is literally what her whole entire book is. And then, so the chapter name was Don't Reinvent the Wheel, but then the paragraphs below were explaining that you should pay attention to things and people that inspire you and take from that. So I'm like, okay, so reinventing the wheel, (laughs) in other words. So she just like says things that don't really make sense and contradicts herself and then I want to get into the last couple of chapters because wow I was like kind of smacked in the face um yeah there's like a chapter on money and she talks about how like the way that she realized that money was just um Something that you can draw to yourself, and it's because of your attitude and your um, your perception that you don't have money. Is that her car was breaking down, and so she could either go to a Honda dealership and get like a safe, reliable, affordable car, and be very like practical, and you know, stay within her budget, and um, make just like a responsible fiscal p- purchase. Or she could follow this crazy idea in her head, and go to an Audi dealership, test drive an Audi, and then buy it with no financial support or way of paying for that car. But because she bought an Audi, she forced herself to be able to come up with a way to pay for it so if she had gone the safe route and bought a honda then she wouldn't be as rich and successful as she is today
1: oh my god you guys my
2: eyebrows are to the ceiling how is that (laughs) advice that you're going to give
1: to the general american population because it's probably uh, one of our biggest problems that we're just buying
2: shit that we can't afford oh just wait though because the next sentence was like well just because i did that though don't do that what (laughs) so she gives that thank you for this helpful story (laughs) but that says don't do it yeah and that's like another thing every other sentence is it's like simile after metaphor after analogy and i'm like girl i get it like pick one and just go like whoever her editor was was not her friend and um and she basically said that like she she basically just said that like because you're staying in your comfort zone, that means that you're not like forcing yourself to be able to come up with ways to come across money to pay for the things that you want. And oh my gosh, that's, such, that's like, she's totally
1: stole that from rich dad, poor dad.
2: <laughs> she's like, in order to transform your, this is like a quote, in order to transform your life, you may have to spend the money you do have, get a loan, sell something, borrow from a friend, put it on your credit card, or manifest it in some other way. And she's like, you know, that goes against some pretty deep-seated beliefs that we've been raised with about how going into debt is irresponsible. And then so she just goes on to talk about how, like, you have to take this leap of faith into, like, what you want to do with your life, even if that means, like, being financially irresponsible. Which I get, like, you know, some people quit their corporate jobs and just launch into something that they're, like, not ready for and they end up you know, landing on their feet, even though they go through, like, (laughs) like, yeah, even though they go through, like, you know, ups and downs and, like, you know, whatever, um, so, yeah, she's, here's the thing, money isn't only about the money, uh, it's about who you become and what you believe is possible for yourself, and I'm just, like, I was like, okay, sorry, that's not true. So she has this whole this whole chapter on money about how money is currency and currency is energy, which what the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> and so she basically just says in order to bring money into your life, you have to understand that you have a relationship with it. So like pretend that money is a person. And if you treated a person the way that you treated money, then... Um, that person wouldn't want to be your friend because you're like, I need you. But when I have you, like you stress me out when you leave, like, I'm really sad. And like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, so she tries to compare your relationship with money to a relationship with a person. And so she's like, if you just be nicer to money and more welcoming, it'll come into your life. Um, So just be really attentive to money.
1: Ignore the real life relationships. Prove to money that it's the most important thing to you.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and then so she just basically says that like you can't you can't tell yourself that like you never have money. You just have to tell yourself that money comes to me, and then money will come to you. So again, it's it's a mindset that's the reason that you're poor, which it's just like a very classist uh, thing to read. Um, It's like yeah, this whole thing is just like a huge this whole chapter is like complete bullshit. And then to sum up and to end my rant on how terrible this book is, cause I could go on and on, but again, I did not read the entire thing. Um, where is it? She literally has in one of her last chapters, get out your credit card and pay for some help already. Getting some coaching or mentoring is perhaps the fastest and best thing you can do to make a massive change in the shortest amount of time. I'm not, and I kind of am, just saying this because I'm a coach and have watched my clients do the impossible. So then she ends her book with a a pitch because she's a life coach. I don't even know if she counts as a life coach. She just does, like, appearances, seminars... Read, writes bullshit books like this um, so yeah uh, I would give this zero out of five stars because in this world you can give something zero stars <laughs> and I'm giving it zero, so I'm giving it negative stars, Yeah. please do not I, that's so that
0: funny book. because you so many people love that book yeah, yeah I know, I, so
2: many people recommended it to me and like chapter one I was like why <laughs> So, yeah I'm sorry I could not I couldn't finish the book because her her like attitude and her flip flopping and her saying one thing but then saying the opposite is like that just goes on and on and on and then to, to just add on top of that it's the way that is written is like literally it's just like metaphor after metaphor after metaphor after metaphor like it just drones on and on and on and it's like she's trying to Explain optimism to somebody as if they were like dumb. So they're <laughs> like, alien. yeah, they're like. She's like, it's it's like. Uh, it's like a banana, blah, 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 blah. Or imagine that you're on a road trip and then your best friend does this and then you guys say this and then this thing happens. Or, and then she'll go into like another analogy and it just goes on and on and on. And I'm like, okay, I fucking get it. But like her analogies aren't even good. and Yeah. I feel like it brings up though, a good
1: point of my biggest like, Uh, reservation I guess with self-help books is that so many of them tell you that it's your fault and like you're not thinking right or like you're not thinking positively enough you're not doing enough like and I think to some extent that can be helpful like in motivating people like you could be doing more and if it's true you're like all right yes I could be doing more and maybe that's the push that you need but for people who are really trying to change and really trying to put in the effort and maybe are like not in the greatest mental place reading these books that they think are going to help them that are like you're just not positive enough you're not thinking positively enough like it's you it's you it's you reading that over and over again and so many of these themes and self-help books I think can be like not to be dramatic, but kind of dangerous. Honestly,
2: no, <laughs> like it no, almost I, like
1: sends you deeper into that. Like I know it's me. I was trying to I find agree. the help to like not yeah. be that way. <laughs> it's like this
2: toxic positivity and optimism that's actually doing the opposite effect. Because they're like, you see, it's because you're not positive enough that good things are not happening to you. So like, how is a person supposed to be a an optimist? Uh, an optimist after that. When, like, you're literally planting that seed in their head that they're the root of all their own problems, which sometimes that's part of the reason. But there are other, like, outside factors and circumstances that affect people's lives as well. And I just, my biggest problem with self-help people is that it's not like you went on this journey and then found your calling in life it's not like your friend got wrongfully accused and put in prison so then that was a wake-up call and you became a lawyer it's literally like you tried to figure out what your calling was in life and what you were meant to do And along the way, you realized how much money you spent getting other people to tell you the meaning of life and what you're supposed to do. And you decided to turn around and do that to other people because you realized that you can make a profit from it. Totally. That's, like, my personal opinion of, like, self-help people and, like, you know, life coaches and stuff like that. It's not, like, a blanket for all because I do know that, like... You know, sometimes people really do need those like life coaches, I guess, or like they need a little bit of help. But she tried to compare herself to like a, an athletic coach because she was like, if you want to go forward in your career, like as a basketball player, you're going to have a basketball coach. And I'm like, yeah, because that's like a, a specific skill that you that you need to to improve on and like you know a a talent and athleticism that you need like constant refinement of but it's like people go to therapy for like their lifetime and their therapist like cannot give them the meaning of there are like scholars and professors and scientists and and gurus and like all these like experts and stuff that are continuously trying to find the the meaning of life and like why we're all here and what we're all meant to do and no one has that answer so for you to pedal around and claim that you can help somebody realize that when in reality you're just like spitting up every self-help thing that somebody else has ever heard it's like you that's that's not to me that's not like a finish line for somebody that's like you just got caught in the middle and you decided to try to profit off of it because you're stuck and you don't know where to go. Yeah. Totally. I will rent. say. <laughs> Bree did not I will like say.
1: A... Yeah. We... Bree's message is clear. <laughs> yeah. I know. I'm um... like,
2: I'm like, oh, i am going on and on about this. I know. I'm like, oh, this is taking, like, I know that I'm going like a long time about it. And that, especially in the book, I was like pulling out a lot of stuff, but I, I could not stop. I was like, ugh this is terrible. (laughs) This book is so bad.
1: I don't know though. I think that perspective is really important because so many, like you said, so many people recommended that book to you. And if you're someone who's like looking for help and you read that book and you're not getting it, getting out of it, what other people are saying they're getting out of it again, it's like, is it me? Like I'm (laughs) continuing to just be the problem, I guess, ruining my own life. But Um, I will say the one thing I did like about Brene Brown's book is she's actually like a researcher. And so a lot of the stuff that she was talking about was research that she was looking into and how she kind of thinks about it and defines it. Um, So it wasn't, she did use information from other research and like other people that have thought of things, but she was really good about like citing it and being like this completely other person had this idea and like would quote it and just like kind of how it worked with what she was doing. Um, and I think it was more, the thing I did like about it is that it's less of like, just think positively, be more positive. It's more actual things to think about to build a life that you want, I guess. Like it's not like if you're not, because it talks about like dancing and like being creative and there's, she's not like you have to do these Things And if you're not being creative, you're not trying hard enough, like yeah. kind of thing. It was like, these are, these are all the things and the people that I found were living these like happy, what they would call fulfilled lives and all the things they had in common.
2: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. See, that's a different so. approach is to try to like study other people and figure out like, what is, what is the why? Versus, like, trying to give people that why and saying, like, here's here's your problem and here's why you're the problem. And, like, you know, I'm happy and I'm successful now and it's because I believe that I am. And it's like, no, Jen. Is that her name? Yeah. No, Jen. That is not why you're successful now. (laughs) It's because... You're just telling all these other people what other people told you, but you're making them pay you for it. Like, that's why you're successful. So I think, like, when it comes to self-help books, like, it, it, again, just depends on, like, where you're at and what you're ready to receive. Like, it's really hard for me to get into nonfiction anyways and especially the self-help section anyways um so you know I did do it for the this episode of the podcast so it could have just been like hey maybe this isn't my time like maybe I'm not in the right place to receive something and then also the book that it could be the book that I picked so I think like no matter what book that you read or self-help seminar that you go to or what your life coach says like my advice is just to take everything with a grain of salt and get whatever you can out of it but just like I don't know kind of be skeptical like I'm I'm like a realist borderline pessimist so when people like are just try to paint themselves as like optimists and like spew this toxic possibility positivity it just really rubs me the wrong way because i'm like you're not an optimist you're an opportunist and you're taking advantage of people being really down on their luck or not even down on their luck but you're taking advantage of people who are victims victims of their circumstances yeah i would agree with that yeah So I think I would be more interested in picking a book where the author was probably from a more credible source, like one of your guys's books. Like, I think I just like the approach from your guys's books. I think I liked it better. Like, I liked the more research approach from your book, Shauna. And then Melanie, I like that your book was more autobiographical and it's just like, hey, this is my journey, but it's not like pushing something on somebody else um, and you, and it was a book that you, again, is your topic that you were already a fan of. So I think I just got a lemon (laughs) or I got a (laughs) dud, but I think that's good. I think it's good for you to like, for people to have all perspectives on like how that self-help journey can go. It's like, sometimes you find stuff that's not helpful to you and that's okay did I was I a lot more harsh on it than I probably should have been maybe sorry Jen but also I'm not sorry like find a real job
1: yeah i think
2: any like
1: my thing is anytime someone claims to have the answers quote unquote like i just am almost immediately like no <laughs> no you don't <laughs> i don't believe you you yeah. don't know everything
2: nobody you don't has know everyone's circumstances
1: yeah like i think they can be like and to some extent like I guess it has to be like this this is what was helpful for me and why it was helpful but like I don't know I know a lot of people do that for like the personal relation and like kind of how it worked in their lives and it's easier to talk about your personal experiences but at the same time like I just hope people remember like everybody's lives are different and the way certain things play out in people's lives are going to be different no matter how positive (laughs) your mindset is
2: yeah
0: The thing that I really liked about my book and about the author is that, well, so the, the title of the book is called 10% Happier. And the whole point that he's trying to get across is that meditation makes him 10% happier. Like it's, that's a big like improvement in your life, but it doesn't, he's not saying like, this is like the, the key to like, happiness or i have the answer or whatever so yeah that's the whole that's
2: good put it right in the title yeah and he has a podcast <laughs> too only 10
0: his podcast is called 10 Percent happier too and i listen to it sometimes and it's it's very interesting and same with him is he he reached out to so many different like credible sources to get his information and he had so much doubt throughout the whole book about the one thing he's trying to like convince people to do and so it's like nice to see like oh like it's not going to be perfect and you're not gonna love it right away and i feel like that goes with like anything you try to start doing is that it's going to be hard at first he's very open about that so i liked that yeah refreshing honesty so um if you're like a self-help lover Let us know the books that you've loved, because I would say the three of us are not. Well, Shauna says she's a self-help lover, kind of.
1: Okay, you're right. I don't know if I'm a lover. I am interested in improving myself, and sometimes that leads me to self-help
0: books that I don't finish. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I was going to read the top self-help books right now. So the first one is Green Lights by Matthew McConaughey. Interesting. Interesting. Alright, alright, alright. Alright. Be cooler if be cooler if you did. Uh, Chapter one. Alright.
2: All right, all right. I
0: feel like he's such a different person now.
2: Uh, uh, yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay though. Yeah, we can yeah. we can remember him like that. Okay.
0: Um, Think Again by Adam Grant. Atomic Habit. A James Clear, an easy and proven way to build habits that stick. Burn after re- burn after writing
2: by Sharon Jones. And is that that journal that I you guys? I think it's so. Like, yeah. It's like pink, yeah. and you like. Gasp! I want. I actually want that. Yeah. And, and then really cool. The fifth one
0: is the Four Agreements, which I've been wanting to read forever, and it's only like five dollars, so I might actually buy that one. That's a more, like, guru, hippy-dippy book, which, you know, is my thing. <laughs>
1: um, well, let yeah. me know how you like it. Maybe
2: I'll read that one, too. Yeah.
0: Maybe. Um, we... We should
2: life. do... We should do a week of no complaining, and then after that we should do a gratitude week so that it's, like, we had a week of no complaining, then we had a week of actively, like, finding gratitude and stuff, and to kind of see... I'm down. ...how those two, um...
0: So, this week is a week of no complaining?
2: Yeah, it's gonna be really hard. Oh boy. <laughs> <laughs> Trying
0: not to complain. Keyword. <laughs> Keyword no complaining.
2: complaining.
1: A week Wait. of
2: no complaining. Wait, when does that start though? Like Like tomorrow.
1: Tomorrow? Monday? Okay. my gosh. So, uh, <laughs> I don't even like to, I'm like, what are the rules? Like, to anyone? Yeah. No complaining but what does complaining mean so like if there's a problem obviously we can like talk about like it's like
0: being like my job sucks and this person (laughs) did this and i it's like complaining to me is like when you don't you don't want a solution or you're not actively trying to find a solution that's what complaining is to me
2: yeah also known as um when we vent yeah so we we call it venting, but we're really just complaining to each other about the men and, work so you, and. So
1: you mean when they don't open the seafood part of the store until ten, when the store has been
2: open since seven? Yeah. Because yes. there's Fine. no solution to that. That's just complaining. Yeah. Which, like, you know. Who knows? Maybe at the end of the week we'll be like, we'll we, need like we need to complain. Yes, I feel like or that's Or At the end of the week, maybe we'll be like, since I couldn't complain, I was forced to like cry. Come, every up, day. <laughs> <laughs> come up with a different outlet for that frustration. So I socked a, the guy, the seafood. So I
0: hit the seafood guy. guy.
2: I became Sounds physically like... violent.
0: I hope the fried seafood guy doesn't listen to this podcast.
2: I hope he does because he <laughs> almost cost my friend her crab legs. True, and I would have been very upset with him. Also, like I know that I, keep you <laughs> I know that we talked about this like way at the beginning of the episode, but I just want to say like, I like I know that it wasn't his like responsibility or like job, like quote unquote job. But speaking as somebody who works in customer service and has worked in like retail customer service if somebody came up to me and was just like um oh I just want to buy crab legs and I had just set them out and I know those are the only ones that we have I would have been like this is all we have is that going to be enough for you like you know I don't open until blah 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 I need to set the whole counter up this is all we have. Is that going to be enough for you? So at least, like, they're not waiting around. And if they're like, no, actually, I just need blah, 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 whatever, like, I personally would have just packaged up those crab legs and been like, I can't ring you up here, but I can give you a sticker to get, like, you know, go take this to the right the counter. Like, because I mean, it's just, there's, it's not like there was a line Or anything like that. And I get the whole, like, I totally get it. Like, if you help one person and one person sees and they're going to come over and blah, blah, blah. But then you could just be like, oh, she wanted to buy the crab legs. That's all we have. But let me stock the rest of the stuff and then I'd be happy to help you. Like, you know, whatever. Like, that's just, like, me personally. And, like, sometimes customer service is going above and beyond. Like, should not expect that out of everybody. But, like, I don't know. Yeah. The fact that you. Because, like. (laughs) The fact that you came back and he was already helping people and it wasn't even 10 yet. That's Mm, what rubbed me the wrong way. (laughs) Yeah, that was frustrating. But,
1: well, yeah. And also, like, even if he didn't go through all that, but just to be like, hey, this is all the crab we have left. So if you want it, make sure you're back at 10. Like,
2: just throw that out there. Or what if it wasn't (laughs) enough? Let me know it's a possibility. Then you could be like, that's not enough for what I need. Thank you for letting me out. Go to another store. Right. I don't know. Anyways. I mean, I don't. Complaint over. <laughs> I was going to
1: say people at the stores, I'm sure are dealing with enough. So I'm not trying to hate on them. And it's probably and I'm sure it's not his rule that they don't open until 10. Like, yeah, whatever. But... Exactly.
2: No, I'm just saying, like, I personally, I think because I'm just a nice looking person. Got to get out of your oh, system.
0: You, sp- you only have a couple more hours left to complain. Oh my god. Oh my god.
2: I'm not ready, you guys. Well, our chat is going to be full of complaints to the end. <laughs> yes.
0: So next week we mean... are doing a week of no complaining, which we are obviously enthused about. So, make sure to tune in. I'm actually in. really nervous. Me too. I
2: think I'm going to act I'm just afraid to accidentally complain and then be like oops i shouldn't have said
0: that well the keyword is trying and i think we'll be more aware of it i'm not saying we're not going to complain i'm saying we're going to try not to complain yeah yeah. We, yeah i think that's And a then C when for... you if you start and you feel like you're complaining you could be like oh, wow is this useful should i be what am i trying to achieve here what's my solution to this problem
2: yeah am i looking for a solution to this problem or am i just trying to dump this negativity out yes it will be interesting
0: to see how we feel at the end of the week
2: yeah are we gonna feel pent up or are we gonna come up with different ways of like
0: i feel like i'm gonna feel pent up
2: frustration i'm
0: a big venter
2: so i feel like i'm gonna be pent up yeah me yeah. too because i honestly i'm trying to think of like you know when i'm frustrated and i need to vent i'm trying to think of like okay if i can't do that what am i gonna do instead i don't know practice some
1: of our previous episode stuff. Do your dancing. Your
2: oh, intuitive, intuitive dancing. dancing. I should do more of that. Um, it's going to be very aggressive this week.
1: <laughs> I'm going to say are we allowed to so wait are we only not, okay what if I'm like journaling and I'm complaining to my daughter? no I think that's fine
0: that's a really like yeah. healthy okay. way. It's just like complaining like, to
1: other people. Yeah yeah okay yeah. that'll help. I need to start journaling <laughs> again this week. She's like, where
0: is my journal? Let me, let
1: me go buy that. <laughs> Just keep it next to I me to at buy all a, times. I need to buy a fresh one.
0: <laughs> Just for this week. All right. Well, if you liked this episode, please be sure to rate and review us on Apple. And if you'd like to send us a suggestion for more episodes, you can find us on Instagram, Podcast or you can send us an email at trialsanderrorpodcast.jml.com at mm-hmm.
2: and if you have a self-help book that you really love or are interested in or you think that one of us would like please leave those suggestions as well and I promise I will if I don't like it I won't tell you <laughs> <laughs> alright yeah. thank you for listening and Kayla, bye kay love you, bye kay bye, K- love you, bye. This reminds me of a story. Okay, so we were playing we were playing this game. It's, like, on this thing. It's called, like, Jackbox, and you, like, log in on your phone. I love Jackbox. Yeah, and you can all play. So there's this one where, like, you're on a ship, and, like, half of you are humans, and, ha- and like, a couple of you are aliens, like, one or two people, or however many people are playing. There's always, like, at least one or two aliens. And so you go through, like, a series of, like, games and tests where you have to try to figure out which person is the alien because they'll ask a question and all the humans will get one question, but the aliens will get a completely separate question so that when you answer it, if somebody's answer seems like a little bit off, it's because they could be an alien because they got a separate question. Is this so, like, like a
0: game you play now? Yeah. Oh. It's film? like on the PlayStation. It
2: yeah. <clears throat> oh. that sounds That's fun. fun. Yeah, it's so fun. So the question, so I was an alien and the question that that made everybody suspicious of me was that I um it was like pick how well you agree with this statement, like spaghetti is the best food hands down. And I said completely disagree. And everybody else in the group was like Kind of agree or strongly agree. And I was like, you're telling me if you were on a deserted island and all you had to eat for the rest of your life was spaghetti, you would be like, fuck yeah, I'm so excited about that. Or if you were in prison and you were like, it was your last meal on earth and they're like, what do you want? You would say, I want spaghetti. Yes, Yes. 100%. You want spag- spaghetti? Spaghetti is not spaghetti. good. Maybe not.
1: Okay, so like maybe not my last meal, but it's, no, it it's is times one of those foods I'm... where if I was on on an island and I had to eat it forever, like I could eat spaghetti literally every no, no, day. No, and no, no, not okay could you
2: it. eat it forever? It's do you want to? Would that be your food of choice that you would eat yeah. for the rest of your life? Yeah, hundred percent. I love spaghetti. <laughs> Me too.
0: I love spaghetti.
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, spaghetti is just like, it's not that good. It's just noodles and sauce. It's yeah. costs like $2 yes, and dollars cheese, to Don't forget I the cheese. Don't get it. Put I a little some,
0: meatball in it. Mm. Sometimes
1: you could do, ooh, and sometimes you could do like roasted broccoli in it. Mm. Yeah. you yeah, no, haven't try that. Know. Do yourself it's just, a favor because that's just delicious.
2: Just spaghetti. Spaghetti is the best food, hands down. How well do you agree with that statement? And I think agree. there are so many foods that are so far superior than Spaghetti. I just feel like you're you're throwing out a lot of
1: different questions. What do you mean?
2: <laughs> because other questions. like superior
1: in what way? Like yeah, there's fancier foods and like more. That are more... just
2: better than sp- Like better tasting than spaghetti. Even uh, like even other pasta like would be better than sp- like I would rather what? have ravioli than spaghetti or lasagna than spaghetti. I would rather have pizza. I'd rather have sushi.
0: First of I'd all, rather eat can, a
2: hamburger over spaghetti. You can
0: make spaghetti for, like, $2.
2: Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Is and so then it's you not can like, eat it
0: for, like, four days.
2: Yeah. Also, exactly. John makes... So I don't know. I think I just oh, I love in leftover my mind spaghetti. where it's, like, if you're ever... Or, like, if we were ever, like, okay, it's the end of the week or, like, we don't... The end of the grocery budget or whatever, like... Spaghetti was like, okay, fully recognizing that I grew up poor, I feel like I could say this, spaghetti is poor people food, (laughs) and I don't like it, because it's just like, it's like a default food, where it's like, we have nothing else in the fridge to eat, let's eat spaghetti. No, No, I feel that. I go out of my
1: way to eat spaghetti sometimes, like, I'm just like, I want spaghetti, I need it.
0: So John... He yeah. feels that way, too, Brie, because he had spaghetti, like, every week growing up because I was, like you said, poor people food. But we did, too, and I don't feel that way. That's so. how
1: Dustin feels about peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, and it hurts my soul because I love peanut butter and jelly okay, sandwiches. Okay,
2: I would rather eat peanut butter and jelly sandwich over spaghetti.
1: Mm, so, so I go through PB&J phases, and I could get behind that, but I think I'd still... Sp- pick spaghetti over pb and j
0: if i had a desert
2: island on a, des- on a desert island <laughs> if i had to choose between the two of them i would eat a peanut butter it,
0: it had, had to be, be a good sandwich. sauce though i'm not settling for like this not good also-
2: sauce okay see and that's the other thing i also don't understand people who go to restaurants and order a plate of spaghetti for mm, $15 it's so good at restaurants no it t- it's spaghetti
1: i don't get spaghetti at restaurants that's a good point
0: it's sometimes it's really good though. Yeah. So but anyways, that, and guys. And that's
2: kind of like my point. Is like, see, and then it, the way the question was phrased was that spaghetti was the top of all foods ever to, in existence, and how well you agree with that?
0: It's pretty high up there. I would do I agree completely. Not strongly agree. Thing. I would Button do. Agree. Sucks.
2: There's like a million other things I'd rather eat. John my makes some um, spaghetti sandwiches with leftover spaghetti.